scripture for the message this morning. Uh, it's amazing sometimes the scriptures that we read and, and we really don't zero in on the fact uh, that they go along with, with the advent. But uh, the Lord called my attention to this scripture this morning. And it is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And we, we break in a little bit on, on what Paul is saying. But uh, we, look at, we look at 9 and 10, and I'll have you stand with me for the reading of the word. And then we will proceed. So the last part of verse 8 says, It's the power of God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Dear Lord, thank you for this word this morning, the word of truth. We thank you, dear Lord, that as Paul was penning this letter to Timothy, this last letter that we had, believing that this was the last time that he would address Timothy in this writing, and that he was, he was going to be beheaded. But we thank you, dear Lord, for the things the Holy Spirit had him to include in this letter. We pray that you'll speak to our hearts this morning from it. And help us, dear Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> and so we have, we have gone through the Advent and... The, the thought that came to mind was the gift package of Advent. We, we're used to receiving packages for Christmas and wondering what, what is in the package. Uh, Reverend Young told us about something he got for Christmas when he was a boy. He knew he had cheated and he knew it was a basketball hoop. And so when they were given that, Tim and Tom were given that, him and his brother were given that, he busted through the middle of it <laughs> with his fist because he knew it was hollow in the middle. He knew it was a basketball hoop. And so uh, we have anticipation. We think about the packages. And so I titled this the gift package of Advent. Advent. Uh, you would probably be on the spot as I would if you had to rehearse back, uh, repeat back things that have gone into the last four Sundays as, well, this Sunday included, uh, Advent. Uh, we, we talked about uh, the various aspects uh, of Advent. We talked about hope. We talked about peace, joy, and this morning, love. And when, when we think about these, these are all components uh, of Advent. Uh, when uh, Dr. David Case 
spoke to us at a minister's and spouse's Christmas banquet down on Rothmel Road. Uh, he, he said that when he was growing up, they didn't have Advent, and uh, he didn't know how we ever celebrated Christmas with Advent, uh, without Advent, I should say. Uh, and now with Advent, it seems like that has to be a part of it. Uh, actually, when, when we were growing up, uh, the evangelical churches didn't do it. Uh, it was only the very formal uh, Lutherans uh, and, and others, uh, Pentecostal, I'm not sure if Pentecostal did or not, but I know Lutheran would do it, uh, and uh, other churches that were very, very formalistic would do it. Uh, but we kind of said, you know, uh, we know who we're worshiping and we don't need to go through week after week. And sometimes you say, well, what, what is it about anyway? Because Jesus, Jesus has come. And so it's steps to remember what he did. So as I looked at it this morning, I looked at it as a package. Yeah, we celebrated it every week, including this week, but it's all part of the package. And the package, of course, is not complete because we know that the most important candle has not been lit yet, has it? So we have the Christ candle. And so we light the Christ candle because that is what each of these other candles is dependent upon. So if we don't have that one, then we don't have the hope, do we? If we don't have that one, we certainly don't have the anticipation of something that is going to be much better because of a coming deliverer. So some, in some advents, the candle of hope is candle of anticipation because they were anticipating a deliverer to come. They were anticipating one who would who would come and bring them relief, a promised one that God said was coming. Uh, certainly without the Christ candle, we don't have peace. And we think not only of peace as being a, a state of physical peace, but we think of peace as being the absence of conflict in our minds and in our lives. It, 
It only comes through Jesus Christ. And some people that feel they have everything but do not have Christ find that they do not have everything they need. They're still a very empty place in their lives. And they certainly, the joy, which is not, we're not talking about happiness there, we're talking about joy, which is something deep down in our heart that brings us a sense of contentment with the fact that we know who we are, we know where we're headed, uh, we know whatever goes on. So people that get bad news about their health, they can still have joy, can't they? <clears throat> they may not be happy because happiness depends on happening, happenings. <clears throat> and so the happenings may not bring a lot of joy. You know, I was reminiscing about <clears throat> Christmases in the past. The big thing to me when I was a kid was coming to Sunday school and getting that box of candy. Now, how about you that are older and we're in Sunday school? <coughs> that was a big deal. And you always, you always wanted the people that packed the box not to put too much hardtack in it. Come on now. Hardtack was, was cheap. And we knew that people that's packing hardtack in that box uh, were cheating us a little bit out of the good stuff. We wanted, we wanted, to, we wanted the cream-filled chocolate-covered cherry uh, with that nice milk chocolate on the outside so you could bite into that and feel that gush of that cream. And, and we wanted peanut clusters. And I know there's peanut allergies today, and I, that's of the devil, isn't it? Yeah, peanut allergies. Yeah. Uh, we look for peanut clusters and, uh, and chocolate-covered peanuts. We wanted all that stuff. And, oh, if somewhere or another there was an extra box and we got an extra box, we were blessed beyond measure, weren't we? You talk about, you talk about joy on Christmas. Uh, that ranked way up there. Even looking at the presents that we were hoping to get later on, just to know that we had a nice box of candy and we could enjoy that. And so that was Christmas past. And love. Yes, Jesus brings love. There were a lot of homes around us that had a lot more money, but they didn't have the love. They didn't have the genuine concern that my, my folks had for us. But I've told you before, Christmas, Christmas Eve at our house, it, it was a crazy time because Dad worked, Dad worked nights and a lot of times Christmas stuff wasn't ready. We had a tree up, but there wouldn't be anything under the tree. I found out later that dad and mom depended on a trip to the loan company <laughs> to get the check. And sometimes the check didn't come until Christmas, the day before, or two before Christmas. 
and uh, they would hit the stores and grab up all the discount stuff and try to find something to make us happy. And we didn't have nice little packages, all bows and, and, and different pretty things on them. We had, we had grocery sacks. Uh, and Dad and Mom would go in the bedroom and divide out the things, who gets this and who gets that, put them in the grocery sacks and put a name on it and put it under the tree. We didn't care if it was pretty paper or not. Uh, we, we just took it and we were happy with it. But look at what these, these verses say to us. Uh, where Paul was writing, he, he named so many wonderful things here. He says uh, that God had a fix or a plan to take care of our problem. Look at the end of verse 9. Uh, it says that this was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So we have, we have, a, we have a God that cared for us. And yes, I read that uh, the power of God saved us. Some people say, well, we thought Jesus saved us. Well, it's the plan of God, and God is triune. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But what does the Bible say in John 3, 16? God so loved the world. And that's God, the triune God. God loved his creation. And it wasn't a separate plan that Jesus enacted, that Jesus came, that the Holy Spirit fell in line with. It's all the plan of God. God, God knew what we would need. And so... It was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God knew in his omniscience that man was going to fail. And God wasn't taken by surprise. The Bible tells us that Jesus was sacrificed before the foundation of the world. And so in the heart of God, the plan was already made. And they didn't have to search through heaven to find anyone because there was only one that could come and that was Jesus that was Jesus a member of the Trinity the God that came and became man God and man and so uh, we find that God God had an, a fix for the problem before the problem even came into existence. And then uh, God's, prom God's purpose is beyond us. Look again in verse 9. Uh, it says, according to his own purpose and grace. You can't, you can't figure out God because the finite, the limit, limited mind cannot comprehend the unlimited. Look at what they're doing with telescopes today. Uh, there was a time, I, I could have looked it up, but I didn't think to do it. There was a time when a fella said that they had discovered all the stars there were, and they had them all, all numbered, and that was it. We're, we're limited. We only see so much. 
And then they came out with more powerful telescopes. And now even telescopes that are in space that capture things way beyond all that was calculated before. I don't understand that. Do you understand that, that, that we're getting stale sunlight? Uh, Kroger's has everything fresh, but our sunlight's stale by eight or nine minutes, isn't it? It takes so long to get to us. And then they say there's starlight that's on the way that hadn't got to us yet. It's still out there, and it's on the way. I don't understand all that. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, this time of year when the sun's shining nice and bright, and it's cold outside, and I'm sitting in the car, sometimes I don't get out of the car. I just shut it off and let the sun shine through the windshield, and I just lay back, and I think, boy, this feels so good. So I don't understand, but I enjoy it. And so God has his purpose. I don't understand all about it, but I know he is God, and he did all these wonderful things, and so I trust him. And how about grace? The scripture tells us here that it was his own purpose and grace. So grace was there involved in the plan. So, uh, old Tim Butler, you know, I got to tell you hi from Tim Butler. Tim Butler, is, he's 101 and a half, and he was talking to Reverend Young and I, and I believe it was the last time we was there, he was talking about amazing grace, how sweet the sound, it saved a wretch like me. Yeah, Tim is still rejoicing in amazing grace, and... Uh, he said that his daddy said, sing Amazing Grace. That was when his daddy died. He wanted Amazing Grace sung. Tim's dad was a preacher, and he said, if I don't stir up out of there, you'll know I'm dead, because he wanted Amazing Grace. Well, so it's by grace, which means it's not by human effort. It's nothing we could do. And... The Bible tells us in verse 10 that it is manifest, and that is the epiphany that refers to the first coming of Jesus. A lot of times that's used with the second coming. But here, Paul talks about the epiphany of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why I say you read across this and you, you a lot of times don't put it together with the fact that this had to do with the birth of Jesus also. And he goes right on from the birth of Jesus, from the epiphany, from the birth of Christ and all that we celebrate, to the abolition of death. He says he has abolished death. Why is there still death? Well, death still is in existence, but it's, it's been... Its power is, has been abolished. It doesn't have the power that it had. So we don't have to fear death. It doesn't mean we want to die. It doesn't mean that we're going to walk out in front of a truck or something because we're not afraid of death. There's something innate that God has put in, into our 
DNA that says run from death. Uh, and, you know, somebody was talking about, oh, they, they weren't afraid of death and they, they were good. And the preacher said, well, the next time you feel one of those spasms in, in your heart, don't take that nitro, just let it go. Well, you want to take that nitro, don't you? You want to keep going because God's made us that way. Someday, he'll call us out of this world. But isn't it nice to know that death doesn't have its power anymore? It has been defanged. Now, it can gum you. It can sure gum you, you know? But it doesn't have, it's been defanged. It doesn't have the power that it once had. It has, it has been abolished. And, and the scripture goes on to say that he's brought immortality. Not immorality, immortality. Uh, so we have, what's that? Eternal life, isn't it? We have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's all right here, two verses. We have immortality brought to light. <coughs> Josiah, it'd be a good time to ring the bell on the junior church. And he's brought this to light through the gospel. So here, here we are with a candlelight service. <clears throat> Jesus told us he is the light, didn't he? And he's brought these things to light. He has revealed these things. So light reveals things, doesn't it? And that is what Jesus has done. He has brought these things to our recognition where we can see what he has done. <coughs> it has been done through what? <laughs> that wonderful word that we've heard so much of our lives through the gospel. Through the gospel. When Jesus was here, he preached the gospel. And we have the wonderful gospel that's shining the light into our lives. And my friends, no matter how much the devil hates it and wants to shut us up, we need to let people know that the gospel is good news, that they can have peace and hope and joy. They don't have to prop themselves up with liquor and with the illegal drugs or legal drugs even. <coughs> Excuse me. They can, have, they can have a hope that doesn't fade. They can have a joy that doesn't dampen or diminish even in the vicissitudes of life. We can have we can have an enduring hope even though the world looks so hopeless and we listen to the wrangling and, and ideas that people have and we wonder, you know, what is going to go on? But thanks be to God, we can have the hope, we can have the peace, we can have the joy, we can have love for one another and for this 
our troubled neighbors, friends that are going through difficult times. Yes, the Advent package, it's all brought together by Jesus Christ. <coughs> by his birth, which started the whole chain of events, which was his life, his faultless, sinless life, that we could never live, brought to pass the trial and crucifixion, the death of Jesus, and as the saying is, he was born to die. He knew that, and Mary was told she was going to have a very painful experience, wasn't she? Simeon told her, sword is going to pierce through your heart. Every mother can identify with that because when things happen to your children, you feel the pain in your heart. So, Mary, a sword's going to pierce through your heart. Yes, through the death of Christ, and then we know that death could not hold him. Even though the disciples were so depressed and, and came to a point where they thought all that they had anticipated and thought about this one who could open blind eyes, feed the multitudes, walk on the water, raise the dead, that suddenly he was gone. How could this ever be? But there was that Easter morning, wasn't there? Jesus came out of the tomb and brings us renewed assurance and hope that we can put all of our faith and all of our trust in him, that he is able for everything that we face in our lives. And so, not only that, and we know he didn't just hang around here then for time immemorial, but there was a time after he had shown himself alive by many convincing, undeniable proofs that he met with them on the mount. And as they watched, he ascended back to the Father. And the angels there assured the disciples that this same Jesus is going to come again. The same one that you saw go up is going to come again. So we're waiting not on the undertaker, as the saying is, we're wait, waiting on the upper taker, aren't we? We're waiting on the one that's going to take us up to be with him. And so a lot of lives today that are devoid of hope, devoid of peace and joy and love, but thanks be to God, Jesus can bring it all. Jesus can bring it all. Jesus can put it all into motion.